Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll be talking about the Hawks' 123-114 victory over the Portland Trailblazers. The Blazers came into State Farm Arena red hot, four wins in a row on the road, but the Hawks were able to use some hot shooting from the perimeter to get a big win in Atlanta. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hawks knock off a Western Conference opponent in the Trailblazers, who had won their last four games, all of them on the road, and the Hawks pushed their record to 36-30 and 30 on the season. They continue to have the fifth seed, and all these wins are really important as it gets closer and closer to postseason time. But the Hawks took on a red-hot Blazers team, a team that had played the night before in a tough game against the Boston Celtics, and were able to uh, use kind of having that rest advantage and some really hot shooting from the perimeter to knock off the Trailblazers. There was some history in this game as Carmelo Anthony claimed the 10th spot on the all-time scoring list, which was pretty cool. Um, but the Hawks, more importantly, were able to use some strong performances shooting, especially from Bogdan Bogdanovich and Danilo Gallinari to get a big win in Atlanta. The Hawks were wearing their beautiful Martin Luther King jerseys and had that court, and they continued to play well in that. I think they've pushed their record to 8-1 and one in those jerseys. And it just seems like the Hawks play a little bit better in those jerseys, shoot the ball a little bit better. And both teams shot the ball extremely well in this game. The Hawks shot 52% from the field. The Trailblazers shot 45%. Both teams shot over 40% from three-point land. The Hawks hitting 20 of 41 shots for 49%. And the Blazers hitting 17 of 41 for 41%. Blazers average taking 41 threes a game, and they hit right on their average. There weren't a ton of fouls. Um, the Hawks had 19 foul shots where they hit 15 of 19. The Blazers got to the free throw line 11 times. Um, but this was a game that went back and forth. There was a lot of scoring. The Trailblazers are not known for their defense, and the Hawks really took advantage of that, especially when the Blazers really made an effort to get the ball out of Trey Young's hands. They were really trying to double-team Trey, and Trey did an awesome job of getting the ball out of his hands to his teammates. And then his teammates were finding uh, open players all over the perimeter to get open shots. Um, but this game was high scoring. Both teams scored over 30 in the first quarter. Hawks had 32 points to take a one-point lead into the second quarter. Actually, uh, Dame Lillard had free throws to end the first quarter, and he missed a free throw. And the Hawks were able to take that in the final seconds and get a Solomon Hill dunk. Um, with no time remaining to take that 32 to 31 lead into the second quarter. In the third, in the second quarter, both teams again would score over 30 points. The Hawks having 36 to the Portland's only 31. Um, and again, this game, a lot of back and forth scoring, not a lot of defense. Um, but the Hawks did a nice job of cleaning up on the glass when there were missed shots. They out rebounded the Trailblazers 49 to 39. A lot of that, of course, is Clint Capella. But also John Collins provided a big advantage for the Hawks as he was being guarded by uh, Robert Covington, who's just way smaller than John Collins. And I thought J.C. did a nice job of taking advantage of that matchup. J.C. wouldn't get to play as much as I would like. He only got to play 18 minutes. He was 6 of 8 from the field, 2 of 4 on 3-pointers, 1 of 2 at the free throw line for 15 points. He had 8 rebounds, 2 of them offensive, but he had 4 fouls. Uh, J.C. just does not get the benefit of the a whistle from any ref, whether it's on offensive fouls or playing defense. 
and that really limits his playing time and how much Nate McMillan trusts him out on the court. But the Hawks went into halftime with a six-point lead up 68-62, to and they seem to be in control, but you know with this Blazers team with Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, and now Norman Powell, noted Hawks hater, that anything is possible, and the Blazers got kind of right back into the game in a little bit uh, of a reminder of the Hawks, what the Hawks did to the Bulls in their previous game. The third quarter was wild. Both teams shot the ball extremely well. There was one stretch where I think there was five threes back to back to back, both teams trading three-pointers, uh, and there just, again, wasn't a lot of defense. The Hawks would outscore the Blazers 34-33 to in that final period. Both teams would shoot well over 50% from the three-point line with the uh, Blazers going 7 of 13 and the Hawks going 7 of 12. Both would hit seven threes. Um, the Blazers shot about 50% from the field, 12 of 25. The Hawks shot 11 of 20. And it was just a lot of scoring in that third period, third quarter. The Blazers were able to march down the Hawks' lead from about 12 at one point all the way down to one, and it was just like, oh, man, here we go. The Hawks built, had some nice offense, were able to build this big lead, but some crazy shot-making from C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard in the third quarter is going to just lift the Blazers past the Hawks and continue their the Blazers' red-hot streak on the road. Um, but to the Hawks' credit, their second unit, especially at the end of the third quarter and then going into the fourth quarter, not only maintained the lead for the Hawks, but it will actually push the lead up to – uh, being about 20 points, and with five minute five minutes to go, about five minutes to go in the fourth quarter, uh, the Blazers finally called off the dogs. They put in all of their uh, bench players, and the bench players made a valiant effort and actually got the game to be under 10 points. Um, and eventually, I mean, the Hawks kept their starters in, but the Hawks were able to maintain the lead and ultimately uh, get another win at State Farm Arena at 123 to 114. Some big stats for the Hawks. Again, that three-point shooting, they were able to hit three more three-pointers than the um, Blazers. 20 of 41. They got big-time shooting performances from Gallo and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Both guys hit seven threes, which is just ridiculous. Bogdan couldn't miss in the first half. He'd finish the game 9 of 17 from the field, 7 of 14 from three for 25 points. He had three rebounds, three assists, and two steals. He just continues to be a real guiding force for the Hawks on the offensive end of the ball. Um, there was a funny moment when he was out on a fast break ahead of the ball. Trey Young looked ahead and threw a pass up to him. And as uh, Bogdan was trying to get his feet ready to be on a three-point line to receive the ball, he spun around, tripped on his own feet, fell, and the ball hit him right in the face. And all he could do was laugh. Robert Covington helped pick him up, and kind of everybody was laughing because they knew it would be on Shaq and a fool. But other than that, Gaff, um, all Bogdan could do was make his shots. He actually hit a three-pointer right before halftime. Dame Lillard had hit a three, just kind of dribbling Kevin Herter to sleep and drained a three with about six seconds to go in the half. And then the Hawks got the ball all the way down the court. Uh, Trey Young drove to the middle and then kicked out to Bogdan who just drained a three right at the buzzer. And again, those two buckets kind of right at buzzers for the Hawks was was huge down the stretch. You knew that the Blazers were going to have some fight. We're going to do something to try to get back into the game. And the Hawks being able to put in buckets at end of periods was really big. Gallo had a huge game in the second half. 
He was 9 of 15, 7 of 10 on his three-pointers, 3 of 4 on free throws for 28 points. He led the Hawks in scoring off the bench. The Hawks would win the bench battle 45 to 33. Um, Usually when the Hawks win the battle on the bench and win points in the paint, they're going to get a win. They actually just tied the Blazers in the paint 40 to 40, but they got a big lift off off the bench from Danilo Gallinari, who really carried them with 28 points. Um, the other players on the bench, Solomon Hill hit a three-pointer. He had kind of been struggling of late, but he had a big three-pointer in the third quarter, and he made all of his shots three of three, one of those being a three-pointer for seven points. He had three rebounds, two assists. Uh, Lou Williams came in. He had four points, two rebounds, five assists. Kevin Herter uh, added five assists of his own, four rebounds. He was just two of eight from the field. He's still figuring things out with his shoulder. Um, he goes and is playing games with a little tape on his shoulder right now. Um, but Kevin Herter had two steals. He continues to lead the team in steals, which is pretty damn amazing. Um, Aneka Okongwu got in for just a few minutes, a little bit under 10 minutes, and had two points, two rebounds, and one assist. To continue from the starters, Trey Young got it going. He was really uh, doing a good job of getting the ball out of his hands because the Blazers were doing a lot of double-teaming him. Kind of as soon as he would get across half-court, They were really double-teaming him and not letting him make his usual passes out of the pick-and-roll. He really wanted to get, whether it was John or Clint Capella, involved. Those guys were rolling to the basket. The Blazers were not allowing him to make that pass, and so he had to do a lot more of passing to other players on the perimeter and then those players making subsequent passes to find the open man, and the Hawks did that. They had finished the game with 32 assists, which is just a stunning amount of assists. It's really what you want to see from this Hawks team, Um, and those – 32 assists really helped contribute to the 44 made buckets of the Hawks. But Trey finished with uh, 21 points, one of six on his three-pointers, six rebounds, and 11 assists. He did have six turnovers, including one of them bouncing the ball off his teammate's head. But uh, it was really good to see Trey kind of figure out the double teams on the fly and really start to get his teammates and trust his teammates passing the ball as the game went on. We talked about John Collins, all he has to work on or what he would really needs to work on is just not getting into foul trouble. We had such an advantage down low with JC in there. He, in fact, started the game with an offensive rebound and put back that if he can stay out of foul trouble, um, maybe not try to take as many charges as he does. He likes to try to do that. But if JC stays on the court, there's just nothing that the Blazers are able to do to get back into this game. Um, Clint Capella, four of five from the field, three of four from free throw line. Big, big for Capella to make his free throws. He had 10 rebounds, so another double-double with 10 rebounds and 11 points, two assists, two blocks. One of the blocks was a beautiful chase down on Dame Lillard. Dame had beat him a few possessions before, getting to a reverse, and then uh, Damian Lillard tried to take it by Capella once again, kind of got by him, got the ball out of his hands on a little scoop layup, and Capella just obliterated it, got it. It kind of looked like a goaltend in real time, but when they showed it in slow motion, Capella clearly got the ball before it got to the backboard, um, and that really helped the Hawks not only prevent the um, Blazers from getting back into this game, but also helped bring the Hawks on the other end of the ball. Um, Finally, Tony Snell continues to do Tony Snell things, two of three. Both of his shots were three-pointers. He made them um, six points, three rebounds, four fouls. He was primarily matched up with Damian Lillard, and this Hawks team has a lot of length that they can throw at kind of primary uh, offensive engines like Damian Lillard. And I thought 
Tony Snell and Kevin Herter did a good job of just kind of hounding Damian Lillard. Lillard was able to get to the free throw line, was able to score a ton, but it was not the most efficient night for Damian Lillard. And a lot of that had to do with the long wings that the Hawks were able to throw onto um, the all-star and Damian Lillard. For the Blazers, they got 33 points from Lillard. He had was 11 of 19 from the field, 6 of 11 on his threes, 5 of 6 from the free throw line. He had 15 points in that third quarter alone. He is just a ridiculous shot maker. Um, usually, as a Hawks fan, the only player who hits deep threes is Trey Young, and Dame Lillard's able to hit threes just as deep as Trey is. And it, it was just pretty wild to see. He was getting to the basket, getting guys on his back, and trying to get to the free throw line. But um, you could tell by the end of the second half that the Blazers were a little tired um, as they just couldn't mount a final run after they had gotten as close to, as one point down to the Hawks. Damian Lillard, to his credit, didn't let the Blazers you know, stop or, or give up, but um, it was beautiful to watch him. 33 points, two rebounds, eight assists. C.J. McCollum was held to 8 of 18 uh, for 20 points. He had five rebounds, seven assists, and a block. And then Norman Powell had a very quiet game for any time he plays the Hawks. He had 15 points on 6 of 14 shooting, 3 of 5 from the three-point line. As I said, Carmelo Anthony uh, finished the game with 14 points, and he moved up to number 10 overall on the all-time NBA scoring list, which was just an amazing achievement. He knew exactly how many points he needed. He hit a three-pointer to cross that. Um, and he held up 10 fingers just to represent his spot as number 10 on the all-time scoring list. And of course, as someone noted on Twitter, it was, you know, I'm sure very emotional for Carmelo to get that uh, achievement against one of his former teams in the Atlanta Hawks. But uh, he came in and he had eight points really quickly. He hit two threes kind of back-to-back. He got a four-point play over Danilo Gallinari. Um, so Carmelo looked like he was having a little bit of a vintage night, but then Gallinari was able to kind of take it back to Carmelo Carmelo on the other end of the court. But, uh, pretty wild to see Carmelo get the achievement and be number 10 all time in scoring just kind of shows you his longevity and his prowess scoring the ball. Um, but overall the Hawks did a pretty nice job on the all time great player, Carmelo Anthony after the game. All the Hawks really talked about knowing kind of each game going forward from now on. And Bogdan Bogdanovich sort of said after the All-Star break, they've kind of viewed every game as almost a, a must win as they try to secure a spot in the playoffs. But they're just trying to say that each game is very important and they really appreciate, at least Bogdanovich said he appreciated that they can kind of control their own destiny in regards to getting a home uh, playoff, a, a first round at home. Um, and just making the playoffs in general. But they're very aware of how important each game is. Um, he w was very uh, effusive in his praise of Trey Young and how he passed the ball, and just his teammates in general were finding him and Danilo Gallinari. Uh, I think both Nate McMillan, Danilo, and Bogdan just continued to harp on, you know, making the winning plays every night and um, continuing to make – the Hawks have winning plays and try to make a push as they uh, work their way to the playoffs. Um, I thought it was very interesting that Bogdan kind of really talked about it's important that they make the make the playoffs, not only making the playoffs, but also getting those top six seeds so that they don't have to play in the play-in tournament. But uh, just really good win from the Hawks, one that was 
you know, they had that three game slide on the road and now they've gotten two at home and they'll face their toughest opponent for this final stretch of the playoff, uh, final stretch of the regular season when they play the Phoenix Suns on Wednesday at home. So it's really important and really great that they got these two wins against the Bulls and the Blazers. And now they're going to be really challenged against the Suns and it'll be uh, a lot of fun. That should be a fun game to watch with the Hawks playing as well as they are to get 23s. If, they have, if they're able to shoot the ball the same way, they should be able to compete with the Suns and maybe even get a win on Wednesday. But the Hawks moved to 36-30 and 30 on the season. They'll at least be 500 for the season, which is something we haven't seen in a while in Atlanta, and make a push towards 40 wins. And we'll see if the Hawks are able to secure that four spot, get a home playoff series, or if they're going to settle in at the five or six spot. But big win for the Hawks, getting a win off the Red Hot Blazers and the Kettlecast will be here to talk to you that about that game with the Suns after that. Go Hawks! Thank you for listening to this episode of the Kettlecast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks!